Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see everybody here and welcome Church Online. We're glad you're with us as well. Hey, we, uh, we were completing the Love Your Neighbor series last week. We received an offering, and the idea was to give every penny of it away. And so I wanted to let you know what uh, we had raised over from last Sunday to today. And our goal was $25,000. Not quite there, but really close. Here's how much we have to be able to give away. $24,638. Way to go. Woo! That is phenomenal. I mean, we had no idea going into that, like, where we would end up uh, being at, uh, you know, with COVID happening and all of, the, all of the online stuff and just going, you know, social distancing and looking around just going, I don't know how that's going to happen. But God is generous, and God is great. And so it's super cool. Thank you for your generosity. Maybe a few of you didn't have the opportunity uh, because you weren't here last weekend or whatever, and you want to help us get there. That's great. But nevertheless, we're going to be able to give every penny of that away into our community to support and help bless some of the great nonprofits that are, that are in our city and serving some of the most vulnerable in our city. So super excited about that. Way to go. Proud of you. Well, hey, I've been praying a lot about, uh, well, all kinds of things, right? One of which is our country. Just praying, Lord, what are you doing, right? I don't know about you, but I've, I've found myself praying a lot about that. And in the past year, if I can just ask you this, if you look back, not even just the past six months, but the past year, have you lost any sleep? over some of the, the, the troubling things that are happening in our country, in our city, and uh, even around the world. As I talk to people, um, a resounding theme seems to be, oh, I can't wait for 2020 to be done, you know? And uh, 2020 has been a challenging year, let's face it. It's been a very tough year, and uh, you probably had some of your own personal challenges and setbacks that have happened during that time. I know that I have. Uh, some have experienced tragedy. Some have experienced loneliness. Some have experienced long seasons of depression in ways that you just have never experienced before. So that's a new thing for you. And uh, there's this shared pain, right, that we've experienced as a country and this, the pain of, of the COVID crisis and the pain of uh, kind of a resurfacing of the knowledge of the racial injustice that exists in our country and uh, the unemployment rate, you know, and the, the financial markets just, you know, who knows what's going to happen from week to week on that. And, and then, of course, there's this thing called, you know, our, our vote that's coming up, right? And it, if you haven't registered, you need to register because it's, it's a great privilege and a responsibility that we have as citizens of this country to be able to vote. But voting can be challenging. I mean, for some of you, you know exactly who you're voting for. You've had it figured out a long time, and you sleep well at night. That's awesome. Others, you know, it's like, ah, I don't know. It's like you're not even going to vote for someone. You're going to vote against someone. And then there's others that are, you're just going to write someone in, you know, Kanye or Justin Bieber or somebody. And then, and then there's this huge swath of people that are like, 
you know, what do I do? And it's stressful. It's stressful because it just doesn't seem like there's anything perfect there and it can feel hopeless. And your prayer maybe is just like, Jesus, come back and just help us. I've prayed a lot around just, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. God, you are sovereign. You put people in. You take people out. Lord, have your way. Uh, Because out of anything, that's the safest thing, right? Is just, God, lead and guide me as a person, us as a family, and our nation as well. You know, there is no individual person. There's no party that's going to fix all that ails us because The deepest issues are the issues of the heart. I mean, people in politics cannot change a selfish, uh, self-centered heart that's strayed from God and bring them back. Only only the Holy Spirit can transform us, can, can work that deep area of the heart where a whole marriage can be transformed, a whole family, a whole community. So... I'm going to continue to pray. I know you are as well over the course of this next week or so. Um, and all of the crazy stuff, is, it's kind of been on my heart that I just want to speak a word of encouragement and a word of comfort, a word of just reminding us of God's sovereignty yet again, and just encourage you this morning. And I, I want to do that through one of the great, great Psalms, Psalm 23, and I'm going to focus on verse 4. In Psalm 23. So if you have a Bible, you can open it up or we'll have it up on the screen. Or if you're church online, just uh, pull down the Bible tab there. David is the writer of this particular Psalm, and he was, he was no stranger to problems, to persecutions, to loneliness. Um, and the persecution he experienced wasn't just like someone defriending him or writing nasty tweets, but it was like somebody literally after him to take his life. And he experienced political unrest. He experienced uh, betrayal, family feuding and dysfunction within his own family. And just that great uncertainty of where, where was God leading him into his future. And through it all, though, he discovered and he realized that God is sovereign, that God is in control, that God is loving, and he, is, he leads us like a good shepherd. So let me read this to us, and uh, with fresh ears, I pray that you'll listen and let God speak to your heart. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me. Beside still waters, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That that psalm is not just poetic. It's not just beautiful. It's something that needs to wash over us. Kind of focus in on God as our leader and our shepherd and our guide and the one who's bringing us somewhere. 
He's not just leaving us in a dark place, in a lonely place. And the point of this, of this psalm, if you were to look at the whole point, is that the Lord is your shepherd. He wants to be your shepherd, a strong defender and a protector. And he's the one leading us. Verse 4, I said we were going to focus in on that. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I, one of the things I love to do is uh, get out and backpack. And, you know, what a great place, right, that we get to live in. And uh, we've been to some pretty sweet places. And uh, one of those is the Grand Tetons. And we had, this has been years ago, but it's just a beautiful mountain range. And I climbed to the top of this mountain range. And you know how you get there? You get there by going through a valley. You go through a valley. We kind of approached it from the west up this long valley to the, behind the Tetons, climbed those, and went down to the east. And we love the views on mountaintops. We love to experience those mountaintop moments in our faith, in our life, in our family. But to get to those mountaintops, we normally have to go through some some deep, long, sometimes even dark valleys in order to get there. As you look at the Bible, the, the, the word valley is used often as a dark place, a difficult place, a season in our life that's really hard. Joshua talks about the valley of calamity. In Psalm 84, it talks about the valley of weeping. Hosea talks about a valley of trouble. And in this particular verse we're looking at, the word valley is talking about a valley of deep darkness. And we all have our highs, we all have our lows, and we all have our valleys. And those valleys can be health issues, relationship tensions. We can have a, a dear friend and all of a sudden that friendship or that family member is now strained and now we're not as close to them as we used to be. We can lose people that we love. All kinds of valleys, right? And we're, we've experienced some in this past year. But how we get through those valleys, those times of hardship, how to walk through those dark days in our life is, is, is one in which we meet God in the valley, that we meet him. Matter of fact, I would contend that we experience a deeper sense of God's presence and his intimacy in the difficult and darkest times of our life than we do in the mountaintops. I love mountaintops, but it's in the valley where the ultimate becomes the intimate, where religion is transformed to relationship, where we meet God, we know God, and we are changed by him. Psalm 23, 4 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David was a shepherd in Israel. He understood what it meant to lead sheep and to lead them to higher pasture, to higher ground. And in order to do that, where David was, he had to go through a, a, a specific valley, a valley called the shadow of death. And it was a steep, deep, narrow canyon. And the sun only hit the bottom of the canyon at high noon. And there are some non-negotiables about the valleys that we experience in our, in our life. Jesus said it this way in John 16. Jesus said, in the world, you will have trouble. It's not if, 
it's when. It's going to happen. We're going to have difficulties, disappointments, and discouragements in this life. We are not going to be exempt from sorrow or sickness or problems because we're Christians. It's not how it works. Matter of fact, the scripture tells us that it rains on the just and the unjust too. Jesus said that in Matthew 5.45. We're going to go through these valleys. And sometimes those hit, you can be on a mountaintop and all of a sudden you find yourself in a valley, right? Through that one phone call that comes through that tells you that someone has passed away that you love or that, that doctor's appointment or whatever it is. It can go from one thing to another really, really fast. Valleys, though, let me tell you a couple good things, okay? A couple good, good news pieces is, one, valleys are temporary. They do have an end to them. They don't last forever. It's not designed to be a permanent location. David said, even though I walk through the valley, the valley is not a forever place. It's something you go through. It's a circumstance. It's a season of your life. It's a difficult time. Maybe it's even called a COVID crisis. It's any number of things in our life. And God says, I will be with you. I'll be with you. So what do you do? How, how can we navigate these valleys? Maybe the one you're in this morning or the one that you're going to find out about in a month from now. David said this. He said, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me, God. Your, rap, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So let me, let me just share a couple quick things here. One, refuse to let fear make your decisions. Refuse to let fear make your decisions. I mean, we're going to be afraid at times. We're going to be nervous. We're going to be uncertain. We're going to have doubts. But we can either cave into the fear and listen to the rhetoric and, and allow it to drive us, or we can respond in faith. David had plenty of opportunities to experience fear. And yet, it's a temptation to allow fear to rule us. Psalm 23, though, 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. He's walking. It's this picture of walking, not running, not panicking, not going the other direction. But it's this confident trust in God's presence and God's person to continue to walk through it, to know that it's a temporary place. You can't go around a valley. You can't go under it. You can't go over it. You've got to go through it. And sometimes it helps to just know I'm going through a difficult place, a difficult time, and yet God is with me. I will fear no evil. Now, if you're stressed out, about the valley that you're in, or you're afraid, maybe, of what's coming down the pike next. When is the other shoe going to drop? When will this ever end? I want to encourage you, choose faith. Choose to respond in faith. David said, I will fear no evil. That says it's a choice, that we choose God, we choose faith. It's a deliberate act. And how do you do that? By focusing on God's power. God's power, not just the problem. That's how you do it. You can take two people, put them in the exact same situation, and, and one person will end up freaking out and having fear and being crushed by anxiety. And then 
There's another person that can lean into God's grace and trust Christ. I love this next passage, Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. It says, God will strengthen you with his own great power so that you will not give up when troubles come, but you will be patient. Isn't that what we need right now is patience? Like to not give up, to not just get angry, frustrated, cynical, fearful, but instead to to be strengthened by God's great power so that we don't give up. Because human energy will run out. I mean, some of, some of you have incredible self-discipline. Some of you can just muster all the strength it takes to get through. But every person has their limits. Human energy will run out. And there comes a time when we need God's power. I mean, we need it all the time. But it's especially when your human energy runs out, you realize... I'm not bringing anything to the table. I need God. Remember, number two, that God is with you. Remember that he's with you. Not only do we need his power, but we need his presence. And his presence is promised to us. He promises that. He says in Isaiah 43, verse 2, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. And when you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. You won't be drowned. You won't be burned up. You're not going to die. God says, I'm going to be with you every step of the way as you walk through this valley. Hand in hand, God says, my presence, you can count on it. Psalm 23, again, verse 4. When you look at verse 4, it's actually a pivotal pivotal verse in the in the whole section in the whole psalm because the first part of the psalm is all about the pronouns or third person it talks about God he leads me beside waters he guides me into green pastures he restores my soul David is talking about God but when he gets into the valley it becomes very personal he starts to not just talk about God but he talks to God you are with me your rod and your staff comfort me see it's the valleys that bring us face to face with God it's when we realize we need his presence and his presence is right there he says I'm not going to leave you to yourself I'm going to be with you your staff they and your your rod and your staff they comfort me the the rod of a shepherd was like a two foot long piece of wood with a knot on the end and they would use it to combat other predators that would come after the sheep and they would just hurl it and they were good and they could they could actually kill a predator God is protecting God is providing God is guiding God is leading with his rod and with his staff author a grace disguised, if you've ever read that book, Jerry Sitzer. He's a professor, retired now at Whitworth University and a friend of mine. Um, he wrote a book that just has helped millions of people through crisis. In 1991, he was traveling with his mother, his wife Linda, and their four children. And a drunk driver hit the car with such force that um, he lost in one moment his wife, his mother, 
and his daughter. Three generations of his family wiped out instantly. He had three of his children, though, that did survive, so uh, he had a life ahead of him that he had to figure out, and it was an intense struggle with grief. Jerry entered into this super dark place of the soul, and in a dream that he had, he was facing west, watching the setting sun, and he began to run towards the sun to stay up with its warmth and its glow and to try and outrun the darkness. But he knew he was losing. Well, he soon realized that it was futile and he just started to lose all hope. And he believed that he would just, the darkness would forever overtake him. And then he was talking to his sister who told him to turn into the darkness and run towards the east because the quickest way to reach the sun and the light of day was not by trying to outrun the darkness, but by heading east, plunging into the darkness until he reached the sunrise. By facing the grief and entering into the darkness, he would enter into God's light. Jerry says it's not what happens to us as much as it's what's happening in us. Here's what he wrote in his book. I discovered in that moment that I had the power to choose the direction of my life would, would head in. I decided from that point on to walk into the darkness rather than try to outrun it. To let me experience, to let my experience of loss take me on a journey wherever it would lead and allow myself to be transformed by my suffering rather than to think I could somehow avoid it. What are you facing today? Where is the darkness? Where is the valley? Where is the struggle? Where is that place of unknown as you look into your future? Where is the place where you're tempted to react out of fear? Where is that place for you? God wants you to know that his power is with you. His presence is with you. He doesn't want us to look into our future, afraid. Verse, verse 6 tells us uh, that his mercy will follow us. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I can expect God's grace and God's mercy to be chasing me down in my future. That's what you can expect. God is good. He is good. He cares about the details of your life. Like a father, like a good father, like a perfect father. He will take care of you. He will provide for you. We don't know what the future holds, but we know the one who holds the future. Goodness and mercy will follow. I mean, bad things do happen to good people, right? Good things God can bring out of those bad things. God is always at work in our life. Always at work. Psalm 23, 6 ends by saying, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's one of the most little connections that we can ever discover is that it's not just about the here and now. It's not just about God in our today. It's also about where he's leading us beyond this earth. That heaven is real. Eternity is real. 
and he is preparing a place for us. David ends this psalm by saying, hey, we're going to heaven. Jesus saves the best for last. With God, it just gets better and better because we don't have to look at a future and, and, and be afraid because we know the one who holds the future. I want to pray and ask you to pray with me. For some of you, you're like, you're not in that dark valley. And so you're like, hmm, interesting. Can I assure you, you will experience them in your life. And so whether you're in one today, whether you've just come out of one, or whether it's out there and you just don't know, you don't need to worry about it. Don't worry. You don't have to find it. It'll find you. But what you need to know is that God is right there with you. And he wants to comfort you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to strengthen you with his mighty power. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we come to you this morning as we look at not only our lives, but we look at our country and we look at all kinds of craziness around us. And, and it's easy to be just pressed down by it, to be weighted down, to be anxious. Many are feeling lonely, feeling detached, feeling depressed. And Lord, we come to you this morning and again acknowledge that you are our good shepherd. You are our leader. You are Lord. You are sovereign. You're not just in our past or our present. You're also in our future. And Lord, we, we want to present to you our hearts this morning. We don't want to react out of fear. We don't want to look into the future and just have this negative outlook expecting the worst. Lord, we want to see that you have us firmly in your hand and no one can snatch us out of your hand. Thank you, Jesus, that you are that shepherd. Maybe... Maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ to be Lord, to be leader, to completely transform your heart and to lead you into his best future for your life. And if that's you, I want to invite you to pray this with me right now. Jesus, I'm inviting you in to the deepest places of my heart. And I'm right now turning away from my sin I'm confessing it to you and asking that you forgive me ask that you wash me ask God that you would fill me with your power and your presence and I'm asking that you lead me through this valley and lead me God into your best future not problem free but a, a future in which you are there and you're empowering me each moment. Thank you, God. Lord, we pray over our nation and we pray, have mercy upon us, God. Let your grace flow. Let your glory cover this earth as the waters cover the sea. Work your sovereign plan. Let your will be done and let your kingdom come. Have your way and your will, Lord. Help us see, God, that it's not up to a party or a person, but, Lord, that our life is pledged to you 
and we are hidden in you, God. And so we ask, God, bring the, bring the reviving, renewing Holy Spirit power that we long for and need in our city, in our country, in our families, and let it start with me. Do it in me, oh God, we pray in Jesus' name.
God, we praise you. We praise you today. We will praise you tomorrow and all of our days to come. Let everything that we do glorify you and be in your name, Jesus. Thank you for sending your son who gives us endless mercy. And we say these things, Jesus, in your beautiful name. Amen. Isn't that song beautiful? It tells we hope you enjoyed your time with us today. If the message impacted you, we have online pastoral hosts ready to engage with you. Uh, you can click the prayer button and they would be happy to pray with you. Or you can click the connect button and take next steps in getting connected in our church. Whichever you choose, we are so glad that you joined us today and we will see you next time.